0: This episode of VergeCast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Have you ever uploaded all of your photos to iCloud by accident? That's not smart. But you know what is smart? Hiring with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful technology finds people the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply, so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States based on Trustpilot rating of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews. Now, VergeCast listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Verge. That's ZipRecruiter.com Verge. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. On this week's interview episode, I talked to Stephen Yang, who is the CEO of Anchor. Anchor is a company that kind of came out of nowhere. We profiled them a little bit earlier this year. They started out making replaceable batteries for phones, and now they're just the default brand of USB battery packs, accessories. They make headphones, they make robot vacuum cleaners, and they built this business entirely on Amazon, which is wild. And so we talked to Stephen Yang about that. That was really fun. But really, we talked about USB C and how Stephen Yang and Anchor are all in on USB C. In particular, there's a material shift happening in this world from silicon to something called GAN, gallium nitrite, which enables USB-C power delivery bricks that can do like full-on power delivery to a laptop from a charger the size of the iPhone charger. And that's what they released. It's called the Anchor Atom. I mean, it's a USB-C brick, but trust me, it's super cool. It's really small. So we talked about all of that, and I will tell you, I've never met anyone in my life who's more excited about USB-C than Steven Yang, and I know Dieter Bohn. So check it out. This is really fun. Here we go. Okay, we're here with Stephen Yang, the CEO of Anchor. It is Anchor, not Anker. I feel like it's a word people see on the internet and they don't often hear. This is your first big event in New York. We're actually, uh, for our guest listeners, we're not in the studio, we're backstage at the event. You're about to have a rehearsal. Congratulations on your first event.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you really you know, for taking the time and speaking with us.
0: Yeah, Anchor's a remarkable company. We covered you guys, we wrote a feature about Anchor several months ago. It came out of nowhere. You kind of dominate this accessory business for phones with batteries and chargers.
1: I don't know we necessarily dominate, but I think we do, you know, play an important, you know, try to play an important role in this field.
0: Yeah. And now you're having an event, which is, you don't think about the battery pack company having an event, which is so cool. <laughs> yes. so, just tell me the story. How'd you guys start? Where'd you come from?
1: So this was back into 2011. So I was actually working as a software engineer at Google. Well, I was looking actually for a Laptop battery to actually to replace the one. I mean, that's been in my laptop for a long time, right? And then I went online and I realized that I was actually in a into a dilemma. So there was, I mean, the batteries from the manufacturer, which would cost me a small fortune. Then there was also, you know, the batteries from third parties, which are not having good review ratings by previous buyers. I, I realized it's a common issue, and so I thought, hey. It seems like an opportunity, and let's try to work on it. Well, in two thousand and eleven, I moved back to China and started Anchor with a few colleagues at Google and also my fiance Diane. Mm-hmm. With a team of engineers, we tested and actually found you know the best laptop charging accessories, and we you know sold them directly to U.S. consumers online, Amazon.com. Yeah. So this turned out to be a success. So we actually sold half a million products in our first year and got a review rating that's 4.3 stars out of five, which is way above the average of the industry. And then we're profitable.
0: In, in one year?
1: In one year. That's great. Right. So we realized that we seem to have found the success formula. So now it's actually to take it and apply it to a bigger problem. We're looking at mobile. With the increasing popularity of Gadgets with smartphones, smart you know tablets, and so on and so forth. It was clear that charging has become a problem. It was slow charging speed, short battery life, easily broken cables, and so on and so forth. Right? And there's no great solution to this. So uh, we felt that we could really make a difference, not only through you know um price point and through just quality, but through our own innovative technology. So that's why we actually set up our first r and d center in Shenzhen. That's uh, I think May two thousand and twelve, so it was well a hell of a
0: journey. <laughs> yeah. And so now you're here, and you have some new products you're announcing. Yep. Today. Yep. The listeners will hear this in a couple of weeks from today, but today you're announcing a new USB-C power yes. delivery yes. brick that's very small, twenty-seven yes. watts. Yes. And this is something you developed in your research and development center.
1: Well. Uh- Partnered with manufacturers of the silicon of the gan. What is the gan? Gan is actually a new material. It's a new semiconductor material that we think is going to replace silicon mm-hmm. as the best, you know, material to make chargers for the next, you know, decades and hundreds of years. Hopefully. Wow. Why is that? We've been using silicon to make chargers for the past 40, 50 years, and well, they're helpful, but. They operate at a lower frequency, so charges could not be made smaller. Again, actually, this new material basically operates at a much higher frequency. Mm-hmm. So it basically adapts like five to ten or even more times every second than silicon does. The result of that is actually a much smaller, you know, charger form factor, much less heat being produced, and ultimately, you know, lower bomb too, lower bomb cost.
0: That's bill of materials. That's so bill a of material. lower cost for you, and then a lower cost for the consumers.
1: Yes. So, but I think you know initially what you're only going to see is the small form factor. Mm-hmm. That lower cost will come like several years later yeah. when the that mass scale actually is reached.
0: So your your new product, the Atom Charger. Yep. That's the first Gan product yes. on, on the market. Yes.
1: I think that will be the first you know Gan products on the market you know for portable devices.
0: And Gan—that's a chemical symbol that you're pronouncing, right? G A N. Yes, it's actually gallium nitride. Gallium nitride. Yeah. And so gallium nitride is going to replace silicon. Yes. And that's going to be the future of charging. Yes. And you guys want to be, obviously, the the leaders of that.
1: Yes, we want to continue our leadership, hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's get really nerdy about USPC. Sure. I want to talk about the other products you're announcing, too, but I want to be nerdy about USPC because that is in my heart. We should. So USPC has been on the market for several years now. Yes. It's been the... The standard in phones. Yes. Apple put it on the MacBook. They put it on the MacBook Pro. And the USB C ecosystem, the PD ecosystem, is still pretty immature and still kind of messy. Why is that? Well, I think
1: it's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better by a lot, actually, very fast. So I'll just give you a quick example. So last year, we were actually crowdfunding our first two wireless headsets which is, was the Liberty Plus. Mm-hmm. So our online survey, I mean, we always listen to customer advices, customer inputs. Our online sur- survey said that about 30% of people like USB-C on this you know, battery box Yeah. versus actually 40% of something like USB micro B. Mm-hmm. At that time, well, certain people like USB-C, but still USB micro B was the majority. And the same test, in the same survey, I mean, was run this year, guess what the, you know, percentages are. So I'm guessing it flipped. It flipped, and actually not only flipped, but also USB-C was like 70%.
0: Wow. So people are getting used to it, and their, their expectations are going to use one plug yes. for everything. Yes, yes. So my argument would be the one plug is kind of confusing, because you plug a laptop into a, a phone charger and nothing happens. Apple has Thunderbolt inside of that port. Do you think that confusion is people are figuring it out, or do you think this is basically a charging standard and... Everything else is set by sit by the wayside.
1: So I think you're right on the problem. So USB C is so powerful that it contains so many protocols in it that I think we sort of released a monster. Yeah. Right. That could bite back. Because people are could be like confused by that, you know, cable at that, that port. Mm-hmm. And um, some will do charging and some will do like display and some will do network, right? And some will even do audio. But they have to match specifically which is doing which. Right, right. It's not that you know they're all like functioning at the same time. That's going to definitely cause a challenge. So I think there are actually discussions upon you know um, taking some of the protocols out. Really? Yes. I mean that's in the um, standard consortium, right? But I think eventually still for charging USB-C is the way to go. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the um, you know consensus.
0: I mean I have always found it remarkable that the USB A plug is the most standardized power socket in the history of the world, and it's not. It know, was. It, it was, and now hopefully it's going to be C. Yep. But before that, I mean, the USB A plug is everywhere. Yes. And traveling internationally now is like yes. far easier than it ever was before. Yes. You have the standardized thing, so you yes. can see how making USB C more powerful and more able to do laptops and that sort yes. of thing would work. But again, that ecosystem is only just beginning. Do you think? Gallium nitrate, GAN, is going to help that go faster. Do you think that making the thing smaller is? How do you how do you see that playing out?
1: Well, if you look at the history of USB A, right, so first introduced back in 1996, the charging only started to really take place. I think almost 10 years after. Initially, it was like 2.5 or 5 watt. Slowly, it you know increased up to 15 watt. So that took almost 20 years to basically get USB A to where we are today. But I think USB-C is going to be much faster. Yeah. First of all, it delivers like much more power through the same port, right? It's up to 100 watt versus actually USB-A is like 15. That protocol, again, as we talked about, is is powerful enough to actually also host other protocols. Mm -hmm. There's one actually hope that we really, you know, have not only at Anchor, but I think also shared by others in the industry. That's really to turn, you know, um, the chargers, from majority being shipped inboxed
0: mm-hmm.
1: to actually majority being like, bring your own charger. Really? Yeah. Why is that? So a quick number, actually. How many chargers are being shipped every year?
0: Well, I mean, Apple ships like 100 million iPhones. So it's like 100 million right there.
1: Two, actually. I think it's 200 million. 200,
0: okay, so it's 200 just from Apple. Yeah, it's 200 million. You know. And they, they're they still doing five watt So chargers. how many of these
1: chargers do you have at home?
0: Yeah. So wait, I'm just going to guess. So it's just 200 million Apple alone. Yeah. 500 million chargers.
1: No, actually. So if you look at every <laughs> smartphone yeah. has a charger yeah. that ships with it, right? So we had about 1.5 billion smartphones last year.
0: 1.5 billion chargers shipped last year.
1: That's only for phones. That's crazy. And me. then you're counting the you know uh, tablets, mm-hmm. the laptops, your power drills, right? And your like you know, um, other gadgets, which could come with uh, adapters too. Yeah. So we estimated a total of like 4 billion chargers. Wow, my guess was super wrong.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was much lower than
1: I Actually, there's one thing I think you'll definitely be right of. So do you have a box or drawer at home that have old, save all the do old chargers? Yeah, back. of
0: course. My, my wife hates this box.
1: Right. So I think that box will go away. You think so? With USB-C, with power delivery, right. and with GAN. Because everything will be standardized. Yes. I mean, the same set of chargers will be able to use repeatedly to charge all the devices that come into your household.
0: Okay, so that's a beautiful vision. Yeah. Right now, today, yeah. one of my favorite products you make, that I have three of them in my house, yep. is uh, the USB power brick. Yes. So I plug in the wall, I get 10 USB A ports. Yes. It sits on the on the nightstand. Yes. We plug everything in at night. Yes. Why can't I get one of those with 10 USB-C PD ports?
1: That's again because you
0: make one that has five USB A and
1: one PD. Yes. That's because of the power density that silicon is. Able to make okay. does not really meet the need of the USB C and PD. Okay, right. So um, that power brick actually that you have packs about 60 watt of power. Mm-hmm. That's okay with USB A because each port only takes like 15 watt yeah. maximum, right? But if you look at USB C, each port itself could take up to 100 watt. Wow, right. If you put 10 ports over there, so what's the maximum power this adapter should have on its own? At least like two three hundred. Yeah. Right. Today, if you're making it with silicon, that will be like a huge break. But actually, that's the you know merits, the benefits of Gan is that with Gan, this could be made much smaller. Right. So I think in the future, like we'll see chargers like you just mentioned, which have multiple USB C ports. That's ubiquitous. So you don't need to you know like actually read which port does the fast charging, which port does not. You just plug any device into any of this, and it will just fast charge your device.
0: So I saw on the table outside. I definitely spied on your new (laughs) products before we came in. Um, I saw on the table outside. You have the Atom, the the little one, yes, which is not much bigger than say the for the listener, not much bigger than say the the pack in Apple charger, the five watt, and that can do twenty seven watts. It can run a switch. It can power a MacBook. Yes, and lots of things. Yeah. But twenty-seven watts. so it's like just to give a frame of reference. Yeah. You now have a charger that's the size of Apple's five watt, I, five watt iPhone, ubiquitous iPhone charger yes. that can charge a MacBook. So yes. that's remarkable. Yes. And then next to it, I saw the thing I want, which yep. is the brick that has two USB A's and two USB Cs. Is that also running? Is that a GAN product? Yes. That's okay. actually my
1: favorite too. So that actually uh both charger, which is still smaller than like um, Apple's 60 watt charger mm-hmm. packs two USB-C port and 60 watt of power that can be dynamically allocated between the two ports yeah right which means if you're plugging one device it could take up to 60 and if you're plugging two it will smartly allocate power between the two so this really like again if you're traveling or if you're for example taking your phone and your MacBook you can plug both of them at the same time and they'll just draw power it's just so convenient
0: yeah so let me zoom out a little bit. So this is very cool. It's very nerdy for, for us. And I know the Verchast audience is just as nerdy as we are. So I'm sure they're excited too. But just zoom out a little bit. Yep. A normal person goes into an Apple store or they go into the Microsoft store Best Buy or something. They buy a new USB-C laptop. How do they know what will charge it and what will not? Because the cables do all look the same. How do you think about educating the consumer about what they need beyond saying this is twenty seven watts or this is fifty watts or this is hundred watts? Because that is obviously still pretty opaque. I think my ideal, you know, way would
1: just be let users forget about it. Yeah. Right. They can plug in any port and it would just fast charge. It would just be enough power for the device. But I think we have to again go through various stages mm-hmm. and finally reach that vision. So initially I think you're still going to see like USB C plugs with different wattage ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you pick the right one to fit your device, but later on, as you start actually to deploy the Smarty T USB C port, which share the same you know 100, 200 watt, then I think you no longer have to worry about am I plugging to the right power, yeah, or not.
0: How long? How how far away is that? Is that a
1: year away? Is that five years away? I'd hope it would come like within two to three years. Yeah. Definitely for the you know for the nerdy customers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what we have. Because
1: today, actually, uh, so for the nerdy customers. We already have the 100 watt. Mm-hmm. That's the PD4, the Atom yeah. PD4, which packs 100 watt of power that can be distributed between two USB-C port and two USB-A port. Yeah, right. Get that stuff at home, and you don't worry about you know which port you are plugging.
0: Yeah. So that's USB-C PD, which I'm very interested in. I'm very excited to get the new stuff. Thank Here's you. like I, the big. I
1: think you are doing great thing. You know, again, so to push. I mean, there's we estimate about three hundred thousand tons of e-waste just yeah. because of these inbox chargers. I think you're, you know, helping to get rid of them.
0: (laughs) Just by buying them, uh, I'm just getting them off the market myself, personally. Yeah. So how do you, do you go to an Apple and you say, hey, take this junky five-watt charger, just stop putting it in the box. So our friend Joanna Stern at the Wall Street Journal, every year she reviews the iPhone and says, why do I have this garbage charger? I'd prefer you give me the a fast charger. I'd prefer you just let me use an iPad charger. I don't need this anymore, but you still ship it in this box. Do you go to Apple and say, "Hey, just let us do it. Just you know, sell the iPhone and then have a row of Anchor twenty-seven watt bricks over there if you need it." Well, I
1: hope so. I mean, not only Apple, but also like all the major. Um, you know, device manufacturers out there, right? Yeah. We'd hope them to stop shipping all this, you know, low-voltage chargers and just divert consumers to actually these third parties, which could really, you know, work for a very long time.
0: Yeah, and so you'd buy the higher power charger, you'd plug yes. it in, it would automatically recognize your device and deliver the yes. appropriate amount of
1: It's power. worry-free, it's bring your own charger, and it's the same set of chargers, like, for 10 years and even longer, Yeah. Right? So that's the easy way, I think, to do it.
0: Do you think we're ever going to come to a place where we get rid of these sort of like 110 volt AC terminals in our wall and just replace
1: everything with USB C? That's a great question.
0: I think I
1: can see that actually, maybe half of the house. The wall outlets like being replaced by just USB-C outlets, mm-hmm. right? But I think still like for bigger like you know things like refrigerators and so on and so forth, we're probably still going to need a USB. Uh, uh, sorry, AC outlet. Yeah. But this is probably AC for limited location in your house. Can you, you, ever, then, can
0: you run like a like a TV off of USB-C? Yes, you can. You can. So
1: uh, let's see. USB-C actually delivers up to 100 watt today, mm-hmm. right? So I think that at least feeds most of the TVs on the market today. Mm-hmm. But I think again, USB-C is it's 100 watt because today we're still only you know tackling the phones and the tablets and the laptops market, right? Yeah. As that's become sort of taken, as they move upstream, I don't see you know challenges for USB-C to deliver you know up to 200, 300 watts. Really? Sure. So that's the time I think almost everything in the household could come into, you know, directly show power from this port.
0: That's amazing. So you have become this large accessory brand on Amazon. Is that where your business is? Do you want to go elsewhere? Do you diversify that? Like is that is Amazon a risk to you or do you still see it as an asset?
1: No, I mean we see tremendous value actually for offering our products directly to consumers. But we also actually realize that there are customers who would like to buy from their you know, local outlets. Mm-hmm. So that's why we partnered with Walmart and Best Buy, and for example, just to you know, bring our products to their local outlets so they can just grab them you know, when they want to. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, I think as a brand, we hope to be omni-channel. We'd hope to be, yeah. hope to be you know, anywhere you would like to get the stuff.
0: But I've noticed that people see your success. Yeah. When other sellers on Amazon see success, they come swarming in. This is a classic story. Yes. Amazon itself will be like Amazon Basics. Here we go. Like, do you worry about that? Do you think that you know you've you've got some competitors that are making very similar products to you? I think. Does that drive you crazy, or are you I just think like screw it? Consumer
1: electronics is never short of competition. <laughs> <laughs> right. Over the past like you know several decades, like. It's probably the most competitive field in the world yeah. ever. So I think, again, just our value is really to listen to our customers mm-hmm. and deliver value to them. Yeah. Right? That's our principle. We really pay very close attention to actually what customers' you know, feedbacks are. Mm-hmm. Right, They like about us. They don't like about us. And I think as long as they like about us, I think we're, we're okay. Hey,
0: everybody. We have a quick advertiser segment from ZipRecruiter and the Road to Hired. Learn more about how one groundbreaking
2: business is attracting the best talent. This is The Road to Hired, brought to you by ZipRecruiter.
3: And their UFO crashes on this planet called Smeeborg. That's the Gretchen
2: Hubner, to... co-founder and head of product at Codable, a game that uses fuzzy aliens to teach kids programming skills. Codable was founded in 2013, and it's now been used in tens of thousands of US elementary schools. It's a company with a mission.
3: If programming is something that everyone learns to do when they're young, it's not the boy thing or a girl thing or a nerd thing. It's just something everybody learns.
2: As Codable grew, Gretchen was wearing a
3: lot of hats. All of our sales and marketing, all of our game design first curriculum. So to
2: scale, she needed to find talented and passionate people fast. So she turned to ZipRecruiter and used their candidate screening feature.
3: My favorite thing was the deal breaker questions because I was able to ask people, why do you think it's important for kids to learn to code? It's really important that I know their answer to that.
2: And that's how ZipRecruiter helped Gretchen hire a skilled game artist who was the perfect fit for Codable.
3: Finding that person feels like finding a needle in a haystack. We were able to Find somebody who matched our culture, who believes in what we're trying to accomplish, but who also had all the skills that we were looking for.
2: Use ZipRecruiter to find candidates that have all of what you're looking for. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: Thanks to our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Back to the show. Anchor has also diversified, right? Yes. So you have a line of speakers called Soundcore. Yes. You have a line of home products. Which yes. Called UFI. UFI. Uh, yes. I was going to say it's yes. another word I only read yes. and never say out loud. Yes. So UFI. Yes. Are those as big of bets as the sort of charging and battery packs? Are they just? It's pretty easy to make this stuff.
1: I think every different device type poses a unique challenge, and mm-hmm. often and usually a different challenge.
0: But do you think Soundcore can go defeat? Sonos and Bose, right? With, with the USB C stuff, yeah, it's it's obvious that you have a vision, yes, that you want to be a major player, you want to push the standard forward. Yes. You're the you're the default vendor, you have the biggest brand in that yes. stuff. Yes, is that what you're trying to do with Soundcore? Are you trying to beat Roomba with UFI?
1: So I think with charging, we would like to believe that we are actually pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and leading the industry, right? But with other categories, we do realize actually there's a long way for us to catch up. Yeah. I mean, they are doing great jobs, Sonos, JBL out there. So I think we're still trying to, you know, catch our run and really just, you know, figure out essentially for the long term, how do we want to run this business? Mm -hmm. The case is that we have independent teams in the company, each working on a category. So they're sort of drawn from, you know, the major, you know, brands and they're here to build a brand on their own via the same, you know, sort of processes, via the same, you know, philosophy that Anchor is basically built on. Yeah. Right. When you have a vision in your mind, when you want to build something on your own, so even if it takes time, you're going to, you know, continue work on it. Yeah. So that's why you see actually take audio for example, we started four years ago with a Bluetooth speaker that's actually I think it's it's unique in a way that it actually packs about sixteen hours of battery life, mm-hmm. which is kind of anchor's advantage. Yeah. But then over the years. The advantages that you build the batteries. (laughs) I like it. That's pretty good. Yes. Over the years, we really morphed into really developing to you know building great sound. Mm -hmm. Not only just (laughs) great battery life, right? (laughs) So that's that's a slow process, but we're trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You announced a projector, or you will be announcing a projector here. Yes. What's really interesting to me is you're you're putting that on Kickstarter. Is there a reason that you take some products and you say, let's do crowdfunding? Is it just to build hype? Do you actually need the capital? Like, why go to Kickstarter with some products?
1: I think for one thing is that we want to continue the the way of our product development, which is listening to customer feedbacks. Mm-hmm. So putting on crowdfunding really enable us to listen to feedbacks earlier, yeah. instead of having everything ready and just you know unveil it. And second thing is really I think having the first you know group of customers. The word of mouth really help us to bootstrap a category because mm-hmm. we at Anchor we don't usually you know spend a, a big you know money on you know marketing and bootstrapping a brand right yeah we'd rather pass that actually through the crowdfunding to the initial customers yeah so they get a, a much discounted you know products and they help us to actually spread the word of mouth
0: that projector we're very excited about it because the previous version I think Ashley Carmen one of our reporters had picked it as the one to get. So this is the new one. Yes. So do you still need even if you already have one that's pretty successful, you still think you need to, to crowdfund the second one? We haven't, you know, succeeded in
1: disrupt this category yet. Okay. Right. So our customers, I mean, they like the first version, but they still have regrets. Yeah. For example, like a resolution is still like not optimal. Mm-hmm. So the content in there is still not optimal. Right. Yeah. So we listen to their advices and then we work on a new version which try to fix this. So this one's coming with actually HD mm-hmm. in 720p. And then it's coming with Android TV. So it, it's native content.
0: Oh, cool. So speaking of new product categories, yep. one of my reporters noticed that you have a, a LinkedIn job opening yep. for a product manager for e-cigarettes. Is that something that you're aggressively going to pursue? You see, you only have one opening for
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's not aggressively being pursued, right? Okay. So it's an area that we're trying to fill out. Yeah. There's no. There's Big plan for it. Yeah.
0: Do you think there's, like, a like an ethical problem with making... Like, you know, Jewel exists, and yes. they're obviously huge. Yes. And they're, like, a $3 billion company, which is crazy. And now they're running into, like, regulatory issues. Yes, yes. Do you think that's a problem that you just don't want to deal with, or is that something that you're, you're chasing after?
1: Well, so I, I don't smoke. Yeah. Um, but I wish I, I didn't. I kind of got sort of, like, secondhand smoking, like, mm-hmm. several times a week. Yeah. Right? And that really bothers me. So I think what... I like about e-cigarette is that that secondhand smoking is almost like none. Yeah. Right? It's basically reduced to to minimum. So I think that's sort of helping me while it's actually helping the smoker, you know, himself too. Yeah. Right. So I do see benefits in there. But again, I think we have to figure out what value can we bring to the table. We don't want to just be like yet another company, you know, doing this. And we definitely don't, you know, want to do it just, you know, for a profit or whatever. We think again, adding to the public Welfare—it's definitely you know the minimum that you know we have to start from.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I have a third set of questions, which is really about what kind of what places can you and can you not go. Yeah. So you, I think something that's very notable is like you don't really make battery cases for phones, which was once a hot category and seems to have kind of died. And, you know, I spoke to Apple when I was reviewing the new iPhone, and they said, you know, we have just antenna performance concerns. Is that like you go to Apple and say, hey, we could just we make batteries like? We can just make this case, and they say no, we don't want you to do that. Or is it we make one, you ship it, you check it out? Or is that you saying actually nobody wants these anymore? We're just going to make the bricks.
1: I think technical challenge is definitely a deal breaker there. So yeah. to actually have a good battery case as well as actually you know good antenna performance is just tough, right? Mm-hmm. But last year with you know um, the wireless charging, the problem is doubled. Really? So now you actually so do you want to actually have that battery case? Being able to be wireless charged or not, because mm-hmm. if it's not, then the phone sort of loses its wireless charging capability. Right, right. But if you want a building, then that's adding, you know, even more, you know, sort of shielding, or you know, basically yeah. interference to the phone's antenna performance. So I think it's just becoming like a impossible problem. I'm not saying impossible. I think the challenge is definitely, you know, sort of increased.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the trade-off there seems enormous, right? You and also,
1: I think the phone um, became a bit sicker, too, mm-hmm. right? So with the addition of the battery case, it's going to be just quite bucky.
0: So is this a set of trade-offs that you see? Okay, we can build a battery case, but we have to add another wireless charging coil to preserve that, and now we know we're degrading antenna performance. We yes. don't, we're going to not do it? Or is it... We're, We're do, gonna make this, and we know some people will choose the trade-off. But Apple says, "Hey, you can't do it." No,
1: it's more like we build a prototype, but we decided we don't really like it.
0: <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> no, no one, no one, no one will actually like it.
1: Yeah, so we we that's actually so when we did, you know, build something and we you know show it to our customers and they don't really like it, we just don't even ship it. Yeah, right.
0: And then the other one I was just wondering about this is not your not sort of anchors moment, but case that adds a headphone jack back to these phones. Yes. It seems like a very natural sort of thing to do. Yes. Is there a reason you haven't done one of those?
1: Well, again, that's back to USB-C, right? Really? So do you still like your 3.5 millimeter jack to be there
0: forever? Yes,
1: I suppose you probably have some very
0: something. <laughs> I feel like you asked me that question, and a bunch of people in their cars <laughs> listening to this was like, "What's he? yes?" Of course, I think it's a very valuable thing, but that's I just think, me. Yes, Other people, people obviously disagree. Yeah, for
1: people actually who've had invested in some very expensive, you know, headsets mm. with this 3.5 millimeter, yeah. they're going to want it to be there, right? Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, for probably like 99. Mm-hmm. Or even ninety-eight percent of the customers out there, I think they'll probably just want to use something that works universally. That USB, you know, C um, headset. Yeah, I mean, it's able to plug into your phone and your laptop and your other places. So you think USB C headphones are
0: the thing? I Do mean, you make USB C headphones right now?
1: Uh, not yet, but it's definitely on our roadmap. Okay. Right, but again, so that headphone can be phone compatible, laptop compatible, and then hopefully in the future, like in cars and in airplanes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I hate. Nowadays, when I'm traveling internationally, like to you know try to find a place to plug my you know headsets in. Do you
0: have a USB C? I I just feel like I'm just asking about things I want you to build because you do a good job of them. Um, do you have do you make a headphone dongle USB C to 3.5 3.5 headphone
1: dongle? I Don't recall we have one, but okay, we're gonna build one for
0: you. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I I ask in all serious, I mean, first of all, I want one, so that'd be great. But I ask in all seriousness, until Google shipped the Pixel 3, there was actually not a great USB C headphone dongle on the market. I see. It was just like a missing product. And so that's why I I keep my this idea. you see the ecosystem changing, Yep. you see the standards changing, yep. and the ecosystem has some like notable gaps in it. Yes. So USB-C headphones is one notable gap. Yes. Uh, USB-C a, a dongle, dongle is, is sort of another notable gap. Yes. And so I'm wondering, how do you think about addressing these gaps in the market? And it sounds like you're saying, look, we're all just moving on. Yep. So like we, these gaps are fine. No, no. They're not I mean, worth if we have enough engineers, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we'll, we'll try to you know attack those problems. all. yeah, yeah. but you know, you don't, right? You're right. So we have actually today about seven hundred you know product managers and engineers today wow. in house. We're still you know ramping it up. Yeah. So it went actually from four hundred something last year to seven hundred this year. But again, as you said, there's still problems we haven't really you know uh, addressed well.
0: Right. Well, it, it just seems like you have the most considered opinion on how USB-C should develop. And so the question is, do you try to make it solve all the old problems or do you push into the future?
1: At this point, it's, you can see it's you know primarily charging first, mm-hmm. right? Because with charging, we haven't really released enough products to fill yeah. that spectrum yet. So going to audio, I think that's the next one. And that's
0: someone who definitely will be there. Do you think Apple will switch from Lightning to usb I Because so everyone says that's the thing that'll do it. And I don't know if they ever will. You should ask them. <laughs> so, you know, don't you? you want, no, you <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't. I want to know,
1: too. I mean, okay. let me know the answers if you have to.
0: Yeah, so there's an event coming up. We'll, we'll ask them for sure. It's remarkable that you've started a company. You started selling on Amazon. How, how do you think you went from where a direct consumer retailer of primarily Amazon to sort of this moment where you're having your first New York event. Like, what was that path like? How did you how did you build a brand to here? Is it all just word of mouth? Do you have to do marketing? When, would, when did you make the decision of, I need to go stand on a stage and actually announce some new products?
1: I think there's one perception that we felt that we had to change, mm-hmm. which is Anchor is a power bank company. Yeah. <laughs> right, because still like, you know, um, journalists were right, okay, so Anchor is this battery company out there. Well, we felt, I mean, this is no longer true for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we felt that, you know, with one event to showcase, you know, the different categories that Anchor is working on. I mean, Anchor Innovation is working on. Mm-hmm. We could better actually, you know, bring the general public an impression yeah. that how this company, what this company is about.
0: And why do, why do your own event and not go to like CES or something like that?
1: We tried actually CES, you know, this year we had a booster, there. We're basically showcasing all the brands, but it's just too crowded, Right, it's so hard to get a yes. voice out there. I agree. Yeah, but this year, you know, we'll try to really just have our own stage, mm-hmm. and people here are only for Anchor. So hopefully, that will, yeah, you know, will bring get the voice out yeah. about you know how Anchor Innovation has now you know five brands working on charging, audio, smart home, smart
0: driving, smart projectors. Yeah, yeah. Smart driving. What's smart driving?
1: That's the Rove. Remember the um Rolf Viva? That's actually yeah, the, 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 the Alexa. Alexa. Right? Yeah, with yeah, okay. Alexa. Yeah.
0: How's that one going? Do you have one in your car? Yeah. Well, actually, so,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, don't bring the question up, but, you know, uh, yeah, I wish to if I were in the States, right?
0: Okay. Oh, right, because Alexa doesn't work everywhere. I got it. Okay. Fair answer. Fair out. And so the reason I ask for that is, do you think the path for Anchor is to always sort of be leading in these accessories? Or is it to become a major consumer electronics brand? Like, would you make a phone? Would you make a television? Would you do all these things that the Sonys and Apples and Googles of the world do?
1: That's a great question, actually. I, I would say it, it's quite a few times we've thought about the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Shall we be making you know phones or even TVs? But if we do so, we definitely have a, to convince ourselves that we're bringing unique value to the table. If we're not, then we shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. So with accessories, uh, we do see, you know, a bunch of low hanging opportunities out there. Where actually, you know, companies are not doing good enough. But with phones, with, you know, TVs, I think, again, we yet have to figure out what additional value, what uniqueness can we bring. Because we just don't want to do me too products.
0: So here's my last question. What don't people know about Anchor that they should know? Because it's still, we wrote a whole feature. Here's this company that you know about, but you don't know anything. We try to explore where you came from, but it still seems like you're the default option for power banks, honestly. I mean, people buy, I'm assuming you saw a lot of them. What don't they know about that business?
1: Well, if there's one thing, you know, I, I'd like people, I, I'm not sure if they know or not, but we actually do pay attention to every review yeah. that they leave online. It's that we actually have product managers and quality engineers read through every of them. Wow. So... Is that something
0: you know? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I know, I knew that you guys pay a lot of attention to those Amazon reviews. Yeah, and I know that Amazon score for every product is life or death for the product. Yeah. So I assumed you paid attention. I didn't know you had, you read every single one. Yes. It's just that's tens actually, of thousands on some That's of actually
1: three hundred fifty thousand last year. Wow. More than that.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
1: So you have to actually. We not only read the um, well, negative ones, but we also read the, the positive ones. Yeah. Right. Because people, when people are happy about something, we also actually log it down. Mm-hmm. So we have a system basically to lock down what each individual feature that people like in each review. Yeah. Right. So we can actually not only do qualitative studies, but also do quantitative studies on what people like. Yeah. So for example, we change the packaging, like, let's say like 50% more people talk about it and they like about it, then we know it's, it's right. That's really cool. I mean, we also do focus groups, that's sort of way in the beginning of the product development cycle. But I mean, one thing we do is that before entering a category, we'll just gather around all the reviews for the existing products, mm-hmm. we'll try to quantize them and see, hey, how many people like this, how many like that, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of like a focus group Yeah, and even more accurate.
0: <laughs> that's very cool. Well, it's been really interesting to chat with you today. Thank you for taking so much time. Well,
1: it's a pleasure, really. I think you you know you know so much about this world, <laughs> and I think you are again genuinely interested in helping. I think the world to be a better place. So I really hope there are more people like you
0: out there. Wow, that's a lot to live up to. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> do my best. But first, I need uh, I need that power brick with four USB C's <laughs> and a USB C headphone dongle. So I'll, make, I'll, I'll help the world out for you. But I want that headphone dongle. All right, thank you so much, Stephen. I really really appreciate it. Thank Same you. Me. Thank you. Thank you so much to Stephen Yang from Anchor. It was really fun to talk to him, and hopefully we'll have him back on the show again soon. I want to know what you think of these interview episodes. Tweet at me. I'm at Reckless on Twitter. I want to know how you think they're going, and I would love to know who you want me to interview next. We'll see you later this week for the full-on Vergecast, and we'll see you next week again with the interview episode.